afternoon. Ah, sorry, buddy. Uh, I thought I turned it off and turned it on, and apparently I didn't do anything but turn it off. All right, John chapter 13. John chapter 13. We, we've read through my, read through my, uh, uh, or read through the text, uh, but uh, I want us to take a closer look at it. We, we know this, this story. We know this account of, of what's going on here. Um, this is the washing of the, the feet of the disciples. Um, this is at the Last Supper. They've come together, and uh, they're about to uh, to enjoy the Last Supper. And I'll be honest, I, I, I caught something this time reading it through that I'd never, I just I never really thought about before. It's not that, it's not that I've never, I didn't notice it, I just never really thought about it. But um, hopefully it'll, um, just as we... And it's just one small thing, but uh, uh, today's message, I guess, is a lesson on service, um, because you find you find that there are some things that were easy to be taught that Jesus taught everybody, um, and and uh, and not that they're necessarily always easy to do, but uh, the the Sermon on the Mount, uh, all those things, they're just they're very practical, very things that are easy to be taught. But um, some of the things Jesus taught were harder to do, and, and he didn't teach this to a large group of people. There, there wasn't 120 people in this upper room. It was him and, and the disciples, and, and, uh, and, so, so, he, and, and so he's teaching them this, this, this lesson of service, but he doesn't teach it in a normal fashion. Jesus always taught through, through teaching, just giving instruction. Uh, he taught through parables. Um, and and uh, sometimes he taught through, uh, and, and those those parables were were stories that he would teach by referencing uh, seeds and things that the people were understood. But this is the first time, and the only time that I can that, that I can that I can think of that that Jesus taught by showing them something first. He taught them by example. And I thought that was kind of interesting. But starting here in verse verse one of chapter thirteen, it says, "Now before the feast of the Passover." When Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was to come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper, laid aside his garments, and took a towel and girded himself. There are some things here that that, uh, that I want us to see. Uh, that I want us to see. But before we do that, let's go ahead and get into the. Uh, let's pray before we uh, get into the message. Lord, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for your word. Lord, I I pray that you give uh, give me direction, give me the words to speak. Lord, I pray that uh, this would be done, Father, for your honor and your glory. Lord, but that in all of this, that we might learn uh, from your example. I learned from your heart, Lord, your, your, your mind. Lord, it's that same mind that we're to have. The Bible talks about it in Philippians chapter 2. God, I pray that you would just work in us, Lord, that we might serve one another as we serve you. Lord, we love you. And Father, I, thank, I am so grateful for all you've done. Bless us now again this afternoon. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, so here you have Jesus, and, and there's a, something. I, there's a word here that, 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 that just that, that we just read that, that, that kind of caught me. Notice it says, "Now before the feast of the Passover, 
when Jesus knew that his hour was come. We talked uh, this, this morning, we talked about the, uh, it being Jesus already saying in the last chapter, chapter 12, that this was, his, this was his hour, that he was going to be glorified. He knew what was going to take place. Jesus isn't surprised about this. Remember where he came from. Remember who he is. He's God. Philippians chapter 2 tells us that he thought not robbery to be equal with God. Why? Because he was God. Right? It's, 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 a, it's God. He's God in the flesh. He has humbled himself. He's about to humble himself to, the, to, to go to the cross. Uh, but he is getting ready to do something uh, that, that is outside of uh, the, the nature of his being. And when I say that... It, it, he is God, and he is he's exhibiting humility, and we're to have that humility, but he is God. Do you understand, understand what I'm saying? He's getting ready to, to wash the feet of the, of the disciples, uh, to show them how to serve out of love, when, when he, he was, should not be the one who's taking off, off of his, his, uh, uh, taking off his clothes and putting on the, girding himself with a towel in the water. That should not have been his job. In fact, the cultural standards was that whoever owned the house, when you came into the house, they were to have their lowest servant to wash people's feet. Jesus talked to one of the Pharisees who invited him over when the woman anointed his feet with her hair and her tears, if you remember. And the man, the Pharisee, said something about it. He says, who are you to speak? You invited me here and didn't even have your servant wash our wash my feet, yet here she is on her hands and knees and has yet to stop weeping and washing my feet with her tears. So uh, while it was a cultural standard, there was nobody there to do it. So typically no one would do it because if you look at, I believe it's Luke chapter, Luke chapter 11, I think it is, uh, they're, they're, they're at the, the Last Supper, and what are the disciples doing with each other? They're arguing about who's going to be greater in the kingdom of heaven. Right? Uh, I'm going to sit to the right hand. No, I'm going to sit by the, on the right hand. Of the, listen, why are you arguing about that when you're here with the Savior right now? Now, they didn't understand what was going on. They didn't understand that this was their final supper. They, they still have not grasped this truth yet. But I want you to see the, the, the position of honor that Jesus Christ had. It says he knew. He was aware of everything that was about to take place. Think about the, 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 these last days, these last moments that, are getting, that he's getting ready to lead up to. He knows that in just a little bit, a little while, that, 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 that Judas is going to get up and go sell him for 30 pieces of silver. It is, he, he's not confused about that. He, he knows that Satan has already entered into his heart. He knows with that 30 pieces of silver how much it's going to weigh. And, and he knows exactly how all that's going to play out. That Judas is going to go up and, and go out and end up hanging himself. He knows that Peter is going to deny Christ three times when everybody else is going to run away. He, he has foreknowledge because he's God. He, he has an understanding of all these things that are, that are going to take place. He has an awareness that, that none of us would have. And sometimes we, we, uh, we, we're unaware of, this, of, of our position. We think we have a higher position than we have. He was, unaware, he was very aware that he was God in the flesh, yet he was humbling himself lower than those that were going to leave him. So he was very aware of this. Not only do we see his, the awareness of the Savior, but we see the, the affection that he had for them. Notice there in verse, uh, I believe it's verse 1, it says, uh, Having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. That doesn't mean he loved them till they died. It doesn't mean he loved them till he died. It means that he loved them to the very most, to the very utmost. So was, he, he couldn't have 
any more love for those disciples, even though he knew they were going to fail him, even though they, he knew they were going to fall, even though he knew they were all going to run away and Judas was going to betray him, he still loved them to the very end. So, so we have the awareness of, of, of Christ and we have uh, the affection uh, that he had for them. And listen, he's going to serve them out of love for them. Now, the Bible tells us that we're to be known for our love for one another. How, do we, how, how are we supposed to exhibit our love for one another? Service for one another? It's, a whole, it's easy to serve those that you love. But the Bible says we're to love everybody. We're to love our Judases too. And we're to serve them. That's hard. When I say this is the hard lesson that Jesus taught, it's easy to love to serve somebody that you care about. We're going to, we're actually going to have a foot washing today. Everybody's scared. Did I trim my toenails? Because it's easy for us to, to, to serve those that we love. It's easy to say, man, I, this, I love my wife. I would wash her feet. No, she wouldn't let me wash her feet. She'd kick me in the face because her feet are ticklish. So she's not the one. Honey, you're out. And everybody else is like, I've asked for volunteer. I asked for a volunteer or two, and I got, I got my boys to agree to come up here. I didn't want to embarrass them, but uh, you can hold still for a few minutes, boys. We'll, we'll bring you up in, in a few minutes. But it's easy to wash their feet. They're my kids. I, I changed their diapers. As, as, disgusting and spilt, as disgusting and bad and as nasty as their feet are, I've, I've seen worse. <laughs> but what, it's, what, what about when it's not somebody that, that, that's that close to you? Do we still have the same love and the same willingness to serve them as those that we do? The truth is we should have that same love. But it's not always easy to do, especially when they've talked about us, they've hurt us, and we know they'll do it again, and we believe they'll do it again. So the affection of the, we see the awareness that, that Christ had, we see the affection of the Savior, and also the authority that he had. Look at verse 3, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, that he was come from God and went to God. He had the authority. Who was he to humble himself? Who was he to lay down his coat, his garments, to, be, to, to do this? It should have been the slave. That, that, in that culture, that's who it was. It should have been the lowest servant, the, the guy in the bottom of the pole. The, the disciples, when they walked in there, should have said, hey, you know what, there's nobody here. Who's the least of us? And, and hopefully one of them would have stood up, but we know that, that wouldn't have happened because they were all, all arguing about who was the best of us. So, but it should have been one of them that said, hey, you know what, uh, Jesus, why don't you sit down while we figure out the rest of this? They did not do that. They did not do that. You see that Jesus had a position of honor. But not only did he have the, the, authority, he had the authority and the awareness and, and, and that affection, uh, that love for, for them that caused him to do this, we see that it wasn't all just in words. He didn't say he was humble. Have you ever had somebody say that before? I'm the most humble man you'll ever meet. <laughs> there ain't nobody more humble than me. 
That's the exact opposite of humility. <laughs> but that wasn't Jesus. His love and his humility came out in his action, in his performance. So we see a performance of humility. Elijah and Ezra, can I get you to come up here? Look at me in verse 4. You have a seat right there. Don't, no fighting over the chairs. Can everybody see? All right. So, actually, Elijah, move your chair over here so people over here can see. That way these people don't have to see your, your, how your feet are dirty. So, it says in verse 4, it says, He, Jesus, riseth from supper. They haven't eaten yet. The food, uh, the food has the, the bread hasn't been broken, but but he gets up because there's a, there, he sees that there's a need, and, and and he knows that this is an opportunity that he can that, that, that he can teach, but also serve his disciples and, and do this as an, as an example for them. So he rises from supper. The Bible says he took off his garments. I'm looking for a reason to take this off. So what does it mean he took off his garments? He, he, he stripped down naked? No. Uh, uh, but, but see, normally it was the slave who did it. The slave, the slave would wear a, a particular uh, type of clothing, and it wasn't, they wouldn't wear those outer garments because you get those all wet and, and dirty. So he would, he, it says he, he girded himself. He took the towel and put it around him. So he had a, a towel, and he had a basin, and all the kids are laughing because I'm actually going to do this. But he prepared himself. He was he, he had made he made preparation to serve others, while everybody else was sitting around saying, not even not even thinking about the filth on their feet, and, and this was culturally what they should have done is that somebody should have washed their feet. Jesus saw the need and said, "You know what? I'm going to do it." How many times have we said, "Man, I wish somebody would take care of this thing." Uh, uh, there was a hole in the wall for the longest period in the back back of the church. And listen, I'm not I'm not pointing out anybody. I'm not praising anybody. I'm not going to tell you who filled it, who fixed it. But but somebody came along without anybody asking, and they fixed the hole in the wall because they saw a need and they fixed it. There have been other needs like that. That listen, I'm not, we're not we're not going to point those things out. But one because they weren't done for that purpose. They weren't looking for praise. But there are other people that have done other things, and I praise God for that. But but how many times do we see something and we walk by it a million different times to the point where we're blind to it? And we don't even know that it exists anymore. But Jesus saw a need, and he prepared himself for it. He, he humbled himself. It wasn't that he just got down on his hands and knees. He, he took off his outer coat. He, he prepared. He got the basin in the water. And at this point, the disciples are kind of all, what's going on here? <laughs> Jesus, what are you doing? We don't understand all this. With this performance of his, the first thing I want you to notice, it was unsolicited. Nobody said, they didn't, they didn't come in and sit down and say, Jesus, can you wash our feet? Because nobody would do that. Not with Jesus. Uh, he's the master. He's the Lord. Uh, hopefully nobody would do that. But th this was unsolicited. It was, just, it was an act of love. My wife, when we, when we got married, or before we got married, I bought her flowers. And guess what she told me? 
She hated flowers. She didn't want me to buy them anymore. Okay, it wasn't exactly what she said. She said they were a waste of money. And she'd rather you get her a gift card. So guess what I stopped doing? I stopped buying flowers. Now, that, 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 the, the flowers that I bought her, what was that? It's like an act of love, right? It wasn't, we got married, it was a couple years later, I get a text message from somebody saying, hey, dude, buy your wife some flowers. And I, said, and I, I wrote her back, I said, she doesn't want me to buy her flowers. And he said, yes, she does. I'm here, listening to her right now, complaining about you not buying her flowers. Buy her flowers. <laughs> they were in a Bible study, and they were talking about husbands taking care of their wives. So guess what? I was at work. I, I, I got off the text. I used my phone, and I, uh, I don't even remember what, what website it was I went to, and ordered flowers right then and there. It's an act of love for her. She didn't. Listen, she never asked for flowers in the first place. I did it because I loved her. I showed up with a, with a bunch of roses the other day. And she's like, what is, what's this for? It was before her birthday, not on her birthday. And they weren't about her birthday. It was just because I love my wife. No, I'm not trying to build myself up. I'm trying to paint the picture that when we do things like that, it's out of an act of love. When it's done unsolicited. If my wife said, I sure wish you'd buy me some flowers. And then I showed up with flowers. Is that an act of love? Or is that I've been guilted into it? If I, if I do something stupid and, I, and, and I, I, get, I get myself in trouble and I go out and buy flowers for it, is that an act of love or is that, it's not even an act of contrition. That's trying to buy my way out of, out of the trouble that I got myself into. All the husbands are like, stop talking. You're going to get us in trouble. Uh, no, what, my, my, point, my point is, uh, when I unsolicited, when, when, when unsolicited, when un, not asked, when, not, when she hasn't pointed something out, I see something and I do something for my wife, that's an act of love. Listen, it's the same way if it, in the church. If you see a need in somebody's life and you're the one who humbles yourself to, to fill it, no matter how terrible or awful or, or, or much of a pain in the neck it might be, you do it because it's an act of love for that person the body of Christ. And ultimately, it's an act of love for the Lord. So it's unsolicited. And it's unselfish. When we do things for the Lord, listen, I want you to understand, we, we do something for the Lord. It's, 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 not, it's not because we, we want a pat on the back. Jesus didn't do this because he wanted them all to say, wow, look at how humble this guy is. He did it out of love. It was unselfish. He put himself aside. He didn't think, hey, this isn't me. I shouldn't be the one to wash these guys' feet. They both took showers, so I hope their feet are fairly clean. Nope. But my children like to run around with their shoes off, so I can guarantee you they're not clean. He put dirt in his shoes. You don't have to show everybody. They'll see it in a minute. Oh, goodness. Uh, see, that's not an unselfish act. <laughs> but, an unsel but, but when, Christ, when Christ did this to serve the disciples, it was unselfish. He wasn't thinking about himself. He wasn't thinking, hey, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm their, their master, I'm the Lord, I'm, I'm Jesus, I'm God Almighty, why am I bending to wash their feet? Again, it was unselfish, it was unsolicited. And it was unpleasant. Think about this. How many of you like to, like to touch other people's feet? Nobody will admit that. 
you're weird. Nobody would admit that. Why? Because they're, 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 they smell. They, they, have, they may have fungus. They, 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 they're, they're sweaty. He's wearing Crocs with no socks. It's going to be unpleasant. <laughs> Why did I ask for Ezra? Or Elijah? Hannah, what, Hannah, you want to trade places? I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. So, <laughs> so what Jesus did, I want you to understand something. We're, we're all laughing here, but Jesus wasn't laughing. He didn't have to roll the pant legs. I think I need some holy water. Will you wash his feet? Because he loved them. He did it to be an example. Though it was unpleasant, and he smelled the high heaven, and they were filthy with all the dirt and the muck. I wish you could see this water. But then he dried them off. shoes back on. Now here's a thought. This is, this is the thing that I didn't think about. These are some of the men that he was the closest to on this earth. He does Peter, and Peter, we'll talk about Peter does in, in a minute, but I don't know what order he did wash feet, but somewhere along the way he washed Judas' feet. The one who rejected him. The one who was about to betray him. Not about you, but if it was me, I would have grabbed onto one of those toes and snapped it. Because <laughs> that's our flesh. But he didn't. He still served him. Because he loved him. You can go sit down, buddy. He did it one at a time. And it was unpleasant. But you know what he didn't do? He didn't whine. He didn't complain. It's okay, but I got him. He didn't whine and complain. He didn't say, 
to Pete. He didn't say to Thomas, man, your feet stink. He didn't make faces. He didn't come to the least of them. And can I, can I tell you this? He knew the, who the least of them was. He knew their hearts. He said, and he didn't tell them, you should be in my place. You should have done this. did it. He wasn't restricted in what he did. He did it out of love. Now Peter, the guy who can't keep his mouth shut, He says in verse 8, Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Why did he say that? Because he didn't understand what Jesus was doing. And then Jesus said, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. This tells me that it's more than about just washing his feet and being an example. This is also a picture of our sanctification in Christ. So let's look at this a little bit closer here in verse 8 and 9. Simon Peter, verse 8 says, Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, said, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith unto him, He that is washed needeth not to save, needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all. Verse 11 says, For he knew who should betray him. Therefore said he, You're not all clean. In John chapter 17, uh, in Jesus' prayer, he says that, uh, that the, 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 the disciples are all sanctified by the truth. He says, Thy word is truth. Now, although Jesus hadn't died for their sins yet, they were, they were sanctified. They were, they, they were saved by his truth. Peter, Peter says, says, Listen, don't wash me. Why? Because he understood, at least he put some thought into the, hey, listen, you're, you're, the, you're my Lord and Master, you shouldn't be washing my feet, and I appreciate that much. But then Jesus said, if you don't allow me to wash your feet, then you have no part of me. If you don't allow me to wash you, and that's a rejection of what Christ did. Look, listen, he's looking ahead, uh, Jesus was looking ahead at the cross and the power of his blood and the fact that it, it can wash us from all of our sins. And from every sin, there's no sin stain so dark, uh, so so deep that the that the blood of Christ could not wash it away. But the idea of daily sanctification or daily daily cleansing is the fact that every day we sin and keeping short accounts, and and so we want to make sure that we are right with the Lord on a daily basis. And if I lost my temper, guess what I need to do? I need to ask God to forgive me my sin. If I complained about the circumstances I was in, guess what? 
Bible, Bible hates uh, complaining and, 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 and murmuring. So, so I need to ask God for, for forgiveness for that. Make it right and take care of it. And keep short accounts. And that's what the, that, that, that is the picture here of the washing of the feet. Peter said, no, if you're going to wash my feet, wash all of me. And Jesus says, no, you're already washed. You're already cleansed under the blood. But this is a picture of the daily sanctification. But, and, and, and so I, I want you to understand there's more to this than, than just the example of humility that we're seeing and we're talking about. I'm so thankful for the blood of Christ that washes me and completely from inside and out. The Bible says that my sins, uh, my, my sins, my iniquities are covered, uh, that, 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 that my sins are cast as far away from me as the east is to the west. I don't know, do you know how far that is? Because if you take something out of the earth and throw it, it can go all the way around as far east as you can, and guess what? You're going to end up in the same spot. You'll never reach as far east as you can go. You'll never reach as far west as you can go. Well, that's how far the, our sin is cast from us. The Bible says God remembers it no more. It's no longer held to our account. So I, I, I appreciate and I praise God for that. But I also understand that, that, that uh, there is a beautiful picture here of the daily cleansing that's needed. So we see uh, Peter's, the, the picture of, help, of helpfulness here, uh, Peter's ignorant, ignorant remarks, and, uh, and, and then Christ's important re- re- revelation. But the last thing I want you to see here is God's perspective from heaven. God's perspective from heaven. Verse 12. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was let down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you. Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet, for I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. We have here uh, the explanation. He says, listen, who am I? Uh, I'm your Lord and Master. What does it mean uh, for, for Jesus Christ to be our Lord? Anybody? He, he's our Lord. He's our King. He's, he's, he's the one who we answer to. He's the one who, who has the right and the authority to give us commands. Right? And he has that position of authority in your life. Is he the Lord of your life? Jesus was called the Lord and Master uh, by the disciples. Uh, he, he had that position of authority. But yet, what did he do? He humbled himself. So here we see him explaining it, breaking it down for the disciples. They're still in shock. They're, they're kind of figuring out, trying, as, as they sat there watching, watching him wash their feet humbly in, in all love and humility, uh, they're trying to figure why did he do this? And, and here he's explaining to them that this is why I did it. He did it, as, he did it so that they could see that there's more importance in being a servant, of, of a servant than there is being in one of authority. We see the explanation given, and we also see the example. Notice that in verse 15, For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done unto you. Jesus Christ is our perfect example. Does that mean we have to wash one another's feet? Well, I washed Elijah's and Ezra's feet. But is it talking about literal foot washing? No. You know, it's never again recorded in the scripture about them washing each other's feet. So if that's what it was about, they failed at it miserably. 
It was about serving one another. Humbling yourself. Just like in Philippians when Sintiki and uh, whatever name, whatever name was, uh, Philippians chapter 3, Paul writes to them and tells them to be of the same mind. There was a, a problem between two women. They couldn't come to agreement about something. Paul tells them to be of the same mind. Philippians chapter 2 says that we're to, to have the same mind that Christ had, that, that mind of humility. So he gives us that perfect example. And then he put, places an expectation upon us. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. He's explained it. This is probably one of the, for me, this is one of the greatest illustrations of Christ's humility that I've ever studied or read. And it became more real as I washed my boy's feet. Because I sat in my office thinking, who am I going to get to wash their feet? And I didn't want to embarrass anybody and ask somebody to say, oh, no, please don't wash my feet. And I hesitated and thought, maybe I don't want to wash everybody's feet. That's not how Jesus did it. Do we love one another enough to humble ourselves? And I don't mean the ones that are closest to us. I mean all of us. Do we love one another enough to serve one another? Not out of recognition, not for a reward. Because we see it needs to be done. And we love them enough to do it. Or do we do it out of duty? Sometimes we serve. And I praise the Lord for all those that serve. Sometimes we do it because it's what we're supposed to do. If I don't do it, who's, who's going to? It just, it just falls on me. Well, I appreciate the service. I don't want my wife to kiss me because, well, I'm your wife, and I suppose I have to kiss, give you a kiss. My wife doesn't want flowers. They're bought out of guilt. Maybe she does, but she appreciates them a whole lot more when they're out of love. Verse 16 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent, greater than he that sent him. Notice this last thing, verse 17. If you know these things, 
happy are ye if you do them? There is joy in serving out of love. It can be the worst job in the world, but you do it because you love them. Every parent understands this. Who likes to change the diaper on a... And every father understands this. You don't want to change a diaper. Some diapers are better than others. But there are some really awful diapers. And while you may not enjoy the job, there's joy in taking care of your child. While we may not enjoy necessarily the, the service, there's a joy in serving God. Done in the right heart. Done out of love. Jesus was our example. May we do as he did. Father God, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for the beautiful picture of your love and your sacrifice. God, I'm sorry that I don't always serve the way you do. God, I pray, Lord, that your spirit would have your way with us. Those that are here, or those that are watching from home, those that watch later. May they, uh, Lord, may we just be tender to the moving of your spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name. And I want to have Marge just play lightly or we can have music play lightly.